Hallelujah. Pagpalain ng Panginoon lahat kayo at ang inyong mga sambahayan. Good blessed morning, everyone. Glad that everyone is back from the long vacations or staycations. Kung saan man kayo nag-spend ng uh, yung holidays, the long holidays last week. At if you survived traffic in some of those moments, God bless you that you are here uh, as well. So, those online, thank you for, for joining us. Today, I want to share a message that I call Blessed uh, Assurance. Learning to rest in God's all-sufficient grace. So, let me begin by showing you some pictures of some famous blind people. Because I want to use a story of a blind person later on. So, go ahead in the first one, please. Kailan niyo ba yan? Andrea Bocelli, no? Famous uh, tenor. Yung. Ang kanyang famous song, of course, yung The Prayer, di ba? Don't worry, I, I won't even try because uh, sesem lang yung boses ko. The last time I even tried to do a duet with JC, yung naglead ng worship kanina, and she was, uh, you know, there, there was like a worship team sign up a few weeks ago, and sabi ko, masabayan nga si JC ng tingnan ko nga kung kaya ng powers ko. Wala, sumesem lang po ako eh. Ang problema, vinidyo nila eh. So, may evidence eh. May evidence. So, uh, next slide please. How about this? Wow, ito naman siguro. From my era especially, ano? Huh? Stevie Wonder? Yes? Oh, I just called to say, I love you. Di ba? <laughs> yeah. How about the next one? The next one. Let's see if you know this. Helen Keller. If you've ever given or received a greeting card back in the day, because nowadays, nobody ever does that anymore. But remember those greeting cards that you actually literally write on? A happy birthday to someone, for example. The likelihood is 80% of the poems on Hallmark greeting cards were written by Helen Keller. Okay, She's a blind person who wrote all of those beautiful things. But this one... Fanny Crosby is not very familiar with many of us. Born 1820, died 1915, 94 years she lived. But barely two months old, she had an inflammation of the eyes. And unfortunately, the medication applied to her eyes caused her to be blind. So for the rest of her 94 years of life, she would live in darkness of blindness, never knowing the brightness of light and the beauty of color. Sometimes I wonder, you know, thank God uh, we are whole, complete, no? Uh, but if you see, for example, a, a person with disability, PWD, no, for example, and you wonder, kung, kung ako nagkaroon ng isang disability, ano kaya ang, kung, kung makakapili ka, no? Ang hirap, ano? Would you rather be blind or deaf or mute or, or unable to walk? Ang hirap isipin because even one of your bodily functions that does not work right, even for a moment, parang nadidisorient ka, di ba? So, for example, sa brownout, parang hindi ka na makakita talaga, you know? Or for example, if you have an injury. Now, when we look at the Bible, we examine the life, we will examine the life today of a famous person who became blind at some point in his life, Saul of Tarsus, started out as a Pharisee, a persecutor of the church, and by his own testimony, a blasphemer and a murderer. The first Christian martyr, Stephen, was stoned to death by the approval of this man called Saul of Tarsus. And yet, he encounters Jesus, he is transformed, and he becomes the great 
Apostle Paul. So we will examine his life today and draw some important lessons. So his story begins in Acts chapter 9. And we will uh, read through uh, uh, verse 1 until about verse 10. His testimony of his conversion is recorded three times in the book of Acts. But we will only examine this part. Acts 9. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, you know, in those days, Christians were not yet called Christians. They were simply called followers of the way because Jesus is the way. Whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. And as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. Verse 4, he fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? So this is obviously Jesus talking to him. And even though he does not know yet, he says, who are you, Lord? So there is something in Saul that recognizes this is a divine encounter that I'm having right now. And Jesus says, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Wait, wait a second. Up until this moment, Saul has never actually met Jesus. He's not a follower. He was uh, from afar, just observing and persecuting the followers of Jesus. So how come Jesus says, you're persecuting the church, you're persecuting me? How does that work? Well, Jesus at some point in the gospel said, if you do anything good to the least of my brothers, you're doing it to me. Which means also, if you do something bad to any of my brothers and sisters, you're doing it to me. So anything good we do, we do it unto the Lord. And anything bad, we also do it against the Lord. So Jesus is telling him, I'm Jesus whom you're persecuting. Now, get up, go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Now the men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, parang may hugong, you know, but they did not see anyone. So Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. And for three days, he was blind. And he did not eat or drink anything. Now meanwhile, as this was happening, the Lord was talking to another person. His name is Ananias. That God will use Ananias to pray for Saul. And initially, Ananias didn't want to go. How many of you, God has given you assignment? You don't want to do it. Right? Lord, and God says, no, it's you. So then in verse 17, it says, Ananias went to the house where Saul was, and he entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. Now, those who, who have grown older and has, uh, for example, began to have cataract in the eyes. But they say that parang there's scales. I cannot see clearly. My, my eyesight is like there's something there blocking it. And so here, it's almost similar. Something blocking was all of a sudden fell as Ananias prayed for Saul. And he could see again. And he got up and, and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. So Saul of Tarsus, the persecutor, is now Paul, apostle to the Gentiles, the persecuted. So the tables have been turned. He used to be the one to chase after believers. Now, he is the one being chased after by those who do not like Christians. And he becomes the apostle of the gospel of God's grace and justification by faith in Jesus. Wherever he went, he had one message. You can only be saved through Jesus Christ. Not by the works of the law, which he himself preached and believed in initially. Now, 
A few weeks ago, I remember I shared with you a story of an, of, uh, uh, of an old person that we prayed over many, many years ago that would absolutely resist any kind of sharing and gospel. And every time he would attend a Bible study, he would just argue with the pastor. So it's his daughter who was uh, our member of the church. And finally, after many years of having disappeared for a while, I, we got the phone call that, hey, uh, Pastor Albert, our, our tatay wants to talk to you. He wants to be baptized in water. I said, really? After all these years. So we went, we prayed. So if you remember the story, I said that at night, he said he would have a dream where he would go to heaven and St. Peter is at the door of heaven with his leg blocking the way. So St. Peter is not letting him in. He said, Pastor Albert, every night that's my dream and I get scared. How come I cannot get into heaven? And I said, because po tatay, because you have not yet received Christ. So are you willing now to receive Christ? Oh, yes, so we prayed and I baptized him, not immersion because he's, he, he's already bedridden. So I just poured water on his head. And then I said to him, Tatay, tonight when you sleep, if you see that same dream again, tell St. Peter, move away. I can now go in because of Christ. All right. So weeks later, he passed away. And then we got another phone call, this time from the, from the same uh, daughter. He said, Pastor Albert, we're going to have like a wake service in this chapel in the, in the subdivision. Can you come and just share? Sure, sure. So we went. So the other family members, uh, being Catholic, invited a priest. So there was, first of all, a mass. So we were there. We just, you know, participated out of respect, obviously. So the family members would testify, oh, you know, ang tatay namin, or yung lolo namin, yung tito, etc. Beautiful just eulogies of how wonderful this person is. To the point where you're almost sitting there thinking to yourself, if anyone deserves to go to heaven, that's him. Because of all the stories, no? And now it's the priest's turn to speak. And then the priest's opening line is, alam nyo, Hindi natin alam kung nasan siya. Sa langit, sa loob, sa impyerno, o sa purgatorio. And then he went on like that for like the next half hour. And you can feel the, the atmosphere of the place like, you know. A while ago, everyone was just so happy listening to the stories of such a good person that died. Now, all of a sudden, after all that goodness, after all the check marks in life, nothing. No assurance at all. So, right after that, you can sense that and the, and the daughter approached Pastor Albert, you have to say something. Because it's like the whole place, like, you know. So, I stood up and told the story of our visit, remember, a few weeks ago, and how now that he is ready to go to heaven, and I said, by the authority of God's word, not my own, not my word, but by the authority of God's word, your dad, your lolo, is in the presence of God. Not because of how good He is, but because of how good our Savior is. And you could sense parang, oh, thank you Lord. You know, parang, oh, you know. But then of course the challenge is, and that can be for all of us, regardless of our age and we, where we are. So Paul's message has always been, we are not saved by our works, but by the righteousness of Christ, by grace through faith. In Jesus. So he begins to preach the gospel to the borders of the Roman Empire. He would reach, in fact, the city of Rome, planted churches, raised up next generation leaders, and wrote half of our New Testament, the Apostle Paul, 13 epistles. If there is anyone who deserves to be exempted from the troubles of life, it's Paul. He could like carry a card to heaven and say, Lord, 
Just look at my name and I should be exempted from any bad thing in life. Diba? That's how we think it. Eh. O yung noong pait-pait niya. Yan ang tipo ng taong hindi matatablan ng COVID. Hindi <laughs> ba no? Hindi ba in, in our life? Ah, kaya siguro mga nagka-COVID yung mga yun. Mga makasalanan yun eh. You know? Hindi katulad nito mga to. You know? So, we, we think that way sometimes. You know? When a tragedy happens somewhere, nako kasi siguro yung mga taong yun. So, in effect, what we're saying is, when a bad thing happens to a person, it's because he's bad. But when a good thing happens to a good person, it's because they're good. And they're exempted from the bad. Well, if anyone deserves to be exempted from the bad, it's Paul. My goodness, look at his resume. And yet, let's read what he says. Second Corinthians chapter 6, he says, We put no stumbling block in anyone's path, so that our ministry will not be discredited. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance, in troubles. Oh wow, Paul troubles, yes. Hardship. Distresses, in beatings, imprisonment, riots, hard work, sleepless nights, hunger. Does that sound to you like he was exempted from the bad stuff of life? In fact, when you read it, and later on we'll read more, you realize he suffered so much more than any other person that you could think of. And he was a great apostle. He continues in verse 6, In purity, understanding, patience, and kindness, in the Holy Spirit, in sincere love, in truthful speech, in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand, in the left, through glory and dishonor, good report, bad report, and good report. Ibig sabihin, some people were testifying how good Paul was. Some people were saying, no, he's a bad person. How many of you, some people have actually, you know, done some things or said some things about you that were not true? Anyone here has experienced that? Paul experienced it. Genuine, yet regarded as impostor. Oh, fake apostle yung si Paul, fake apostle. You know, wherever Paul went, the criticism was, you're not part of the original 12, therefore, you are less. Less than Peter, James, John. So Paul, nandito ka. Nandito ka sa dulo. So Paul, one time, in one of his epistles to the Corinthians, he says, Oo nga eh, nasa dulo na ako, kayo yung mga nauuna eh. You can, see, you can sense the sarcasm of Paul, di ba? Kami na yung nasa dulo because we're not worthy. Kayo, kayo nasa unahan because you are also good. Wow. Then he continues on in chapter 6, verse 9. Known, yet regarded as unknown. Dying, and yet we live on. Beaten, and yet not killed. Sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Poor, yet making many rich. Having nothing, yet possessing everything. So Paul here is telling us, Hey, as a believer of Jesus Christ, you're gonna get the whole package. You're gonna get the good stuff and the bad stuff also. No one is exempted from the bad stuff. Chapter 11, he would say, I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. What is that? What is that? So let me pause. What is this? There are certain offenses in Jewish law that if you commit it, you, that someone is authorized to whip you 40 times. <laughs> you know? But it's not the normal kind of whip that we're thinking of that has those like rubberized something at the end. It has hooks at the end. So that when they whip you, it goes around your body and the hook, and then they pull it out so your flesh gets gutted. Okay? Sabi ni Paul, five times I got that. So what's 40 minus one? Well, here's the rule. You can only be whipped 40 times. 
if I, the whipper, goes over, let's say it's Pastor Louis, no? I will whip him. And I go over 40. He is authorized to whip me back. Kasi sumobre. So, because you might lose count, nakakailan na tayo. Let's stop at 39. Just in case, it was actually 40. Namiss ko yung isa eh. Kasi kinukulit mo ko, hindi ko nabilang. So, eh, eh kung nagbibilang si Pastor Louie, 38, 39, 40, 41! Uy, sobra! <laughs> give, me, give me that whip. Now I will get back at you. So Paul says, five times I got that. Three, I was pelted with stones. I was beaten with rods. My gosh! So by the way, how many of you, what was the mode of punishment in the house? By tatay or nanay? Okay. <laughs> ah, chinelas? Belt? Uh, walis ting-ting? Yung iba? Walis tambo? Hunger? Uy, grabe naman. Meron ba ritong pinaluhod na sa munggo? Ay, ay, ako, thank God, hindi naman, you know. Pero I experienced the squat. How many of you ever, you know, yung squat na ganyan? And then they put books here? Eh, yung tatay ko bumili ng 24-volume encyclopedia. <laughs> so, tay, tama na, one volume lang. Huwag mo na paabutin sa Z. Okay. Kasi pag umabot na sa Z, that means na uh, at the very end. Sabi ni Paul, I got all of that. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and day in open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea. Wherever Paul went, there was trouble and danger. In danger even from false believers. Then verse 27, he says, I have labored and toiled, often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked besides everything else. I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Now think about this. You know, uh, at beginning church, so we have like Makati, then Sukat, then Malibay, then by the grace of God, if we can plant more. But that's just a few. Paul planted a lot and he faces daily his concern. What's going on in the church in Corinth? In Rome, in Thessalonica, and dami. He says, who is weak and I don't feel weak? And then look at what he says at the end. Who is led into sin and I do not inwardly burn? Paul experienced temptation for real. Because he's a human being. All of us face temptation. So Paul faced that as well. So in chapter 12, he says, Therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited because he has received such revelations from God, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. So let me pause right there. So, hindi mo na thorn in the flesh. How many of you have ever, ever eaten fish and natinik kayo? Okay. Ano yung experience? Masarap, ba nang, masarap bang experience yon? Let's say it's like halfway through the meal. Can you still eat the rest of the meal? And then, lalo pa yung kung kailan nilabas nila yung the best food, like for the last, wala na, hindi ako makakain because of that, di ba? So, I remember as a child, I don't know if my tata is a magician or not. I don't know. He'll give me a banana, I'll eat it, and then he'll pick out the thorn, the tinik from my head. Sabi niya, oh, ayan na, wala, oh, galing ni tata. How many of you, yung mga tatay ninyo, niloloko rin kayo ng ganyan? Okay. So, how many of you tatays now, you still do that to your kids, di ba? So, a thorn in the flesh, what is it? Bible scholars are not in agreement. Here are different views. First, Physical ailment. Losing his eyesight. 
So they say that it could be that Paul, near the end of his life, was beginning to lose his eyesight. So he says, no, this is hard to be, to be an apostle, a preacher, a teacher. The second is very interesting. And there are actually Bible scholars who believe this. An unbelieving wife who constantly persecuted him. Wow. It's almost like Job's wife. Diba? When Job suffered, what did his wife say? Curse God and die. You know? Imagine mo, instead of getting encouragement from your own spouse, yun ang nakuha niya. So sabi nung ibang Bible scholars, oh, that's what Paul was talking about. A wife who constantly nags him and persecutes him for his faith. But then there are others who say, no, it's actually friends who betrayed him and harassed him. We don't know. The thing is, we don't know. Paul just said, verse 7 again, Therefore, to keep me conceited, uh, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Kampun ni satanas. To torment me. Just to bother you every day and every night. But here's the more important part, verse 8. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. How many of you, you prayed for something and the answer was no? Didn't get it. God just did not answer your prayer. Have you ever experienced an unanswered prayer? We usually testify about, wow, answered prayer. I got the job. I got the promotion. We got it, the business, signed the contract. Wow, ang galing, you know. Hardly ever anyone will testify and say, didn't get the job. My business shut down. I got fired, you know. Bibihira, you know, usually we testify of the good stuff. Well, Paul is testifying right now. I didn't get it. I prayed. I didn't get it. And I recall Moses in the Old Testament. You know the story, right? Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt on the way to, to the promised land. So all of those miracles, can you imagine? According to that, uh, it's a portion of numbers, it says 600,000 fighting men, not counting women and children, that exited from Egypt. So if you add even one woman and one child to the equation, you're running around 2 million Jews exiting Egypt on the way to the promised land. And because of their unbelief, they had to like go around and around and around for 40 years. Moses endured 2 million stubborn, unbelieving Jews. His only consolation was, Malapit na tayong umexit sa skyway. Nakikita ko na the promised land, you know. Unfortunately for him, God told him to speak to the rock and he struck the rock and God said, well, because of that, you're not going in. One offense. But because he offended God in public, dishonored the name of the Lord in public, he's not allowed to go in. And in the book of Deuteronomy, just Moses pleaded with the Lord. Lord naman, 40 years ko pinagsagahan itong mga to. Can you let me in? No. Please, Lord. No. Please, Lord. Enough! Wow. God told Moses, ang kulit mo. Stop asking. The answer is no. Oh my gosh. That's now Paul also in 2 Corinthians 12. Three times I pleaded. And do you think this was a normal prayer for Paul? Lord, pleaded is the same word he would use elsewhere, pleading. For dear life. That's how serious Paul was asking. So what was God's answer? Verse 9. My grace is sufficient for you. I'm not removing that thorn in the flesh. I'm keeping it 
but my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast, Paul now saying, therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest in me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, insult, hardship, persecution, difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Hallelujah. Paul understood. You can't always get what you want from God. But God is enough. Amen. Not everything, not all the things that you are praying for will be given to you, but God Himself is enough. Tell someone near you, God is enough. Yeah. Now tell someone near you, intro pa lang yan. Uh-huh. Intro. <laughs> Pastor Albert, huh? don't worry. Lesson number one. Can we read together? Faith in Jesus does not exempt you from life's trials, testings, and temptations. How many of you have ever experienced this? Either you or someone that you shared uh, the gospel to and then received Christ. And their testimony is this, Pambihira kung kailan ko naman tinanggap si Lord, saka naman ako nagka-problema. Have you ever heard that kind of testimony? Just when I surrendered my life to Jesus, that's when trouble seemed to have come, in, come my way. Well, the reason is the devil doesn't want you to pursue this Christian walk. And so he will do everything he can. First, to keep you from hearing the gospel. Second, having heard it, keep you from believing it. Second, having believed it, keep you from growing. Whatever the devil can do to either stop you from hearing, stop you from believing, stop you from growing, the devil will do. And so you will experience trials, testings, and temptations. Jesus himself says so. John chapter 16. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Think about this, my friends. Christians and non-Christians both got COVID. Would you correct? Yeah. Christians and non-Christians have gotten cancer all through history. Christians and non-Christians died from the 9-11 New York attacks. Yeah. Christians and non-Christians have had horrific accidents that have happened to them. Some fatal, they died. Some, uh, like a friend of mine recently, still in, uh, in the hospital. Have, he's a pastor, he's a seminary president. Him and his wife in a horrific car accident that ha- they have already received, I think, three surgeries or something. And still more to come. We are not exempted from life's trials, testings, and temptations. We wish we were, no? Don't you wish? I mean, let's be honest. Don't you wish that, Lord, please exempt me. Okay. Pag dumadaan na si COVID, Lord, pass over. <laughs> we had someone preach one time in Alabang and his wife contracted cancer. No? And he said, and he's, um, he, he was at one point the president of World Evangelical Fellowship, a Filipino to actually be the head of that organization is like a big deal. That would be almost like the United Nations in the Christian world. Okay? Then his wife got, uh, got cancer. And then he would plead to God, pray to God, and, say, and then he would testify and say, you know, it was easier to pray for others than for my own spouse. Parang anyone else would come, I could muster faith to pray that God would heal that person. But for my own source, Lord, what's going on? Why my wife? Why us? And it's as if the Lord now spoke to him. Bakit? Sino irerecomenda mo? Who would you rather get it? Of course, parang nakakahiya naman. Uh, wag na lang, you know. 
But it was almost like God was saying to him, hey, it happens to anyone. It could happen to anyone. Faith in Christ does not exempt us. Here's the second. And I've been guilty of this. Ministry for Jesus does not exempt you from life's trials, testings, and temptations. Oh my goodness. Lord, huh? I'm in the praise team. Huh? I'm exempted. Ah. Lord, I'm a life group leader. I'm exempted. I teach Bible classes. I'm exempted. I'm a pastor. I'm exempted. And the answer is no. No one is exempted on account of ministry. Otherwise, we would all use ministry as a leverage for God to bless us, right? Lord, ah, I'm serving you. Ah. Mm, oh, look at my record. Forget na lang the ones that I was absent. But remember the ones that I was here. Okay. <laughs> forget the ones that I just disappeared and people were looking for me. And Forget that. But remember the ones that I'm always here. And I remember early on, I was in the choir. I was, believe it or not, I was in the choir. JC, I was in the choir. <laughs> so, alam ko hindi ako pumasa sa audition ko sa iyo, pero I was in the choir. <laughs> so, uh, and I remember, I would always come early and I would fix the chairs. No? The, the choir would sit on the stage. No? And after months and months of that, I said, Lord, I joined the choir to sing. Not to arrange chairs. Surely there are others who can prepare the chairs so when the choir arrives, we just sit and then we practice. I, I think I deserve better than that. No? By the way, don't, don't ever make that mistake that I made. That you use that word, I deserve better. Because in the times that I've used that on God, God would speak to me and said, you only deserve one thing. Hell is the only thing every human deserves. You're not going there by my grace. Not because you're so good. That's the only thing you deserve. All of us. All of us have sinned. That's what we deserve. So fast forward, now I'm a pastor. And so now I'm also leading worship. Yeah, Pastor Louie, I also led worship before. Alam ko hindi ako papasa sa audition. So I remember I would bring my guitar. I would, you know, in Ayala, before there was no uh, uh, jeeps uh, on certain hours of the day, I would carry that guitar for like 30 minutes to where the practice was. And then a church member was passing by. Wala naman akong kotse nun, eh, no? And then a church member passed by in a car and waved at me. Pastor Albert, hi! And say, ooh! <laughs> so in my head, di man lang tumigil. You know, I could have ridden with them, you know, right? And so again, I used that, Lord, I deserve. <sighs> you don't deserve. But whatever good thing you get from God is all by His goodness. Amen? And over the years, I have received so much good from God. Not because I deserved it, but because He is so good. Amen. Can you just give thanks to God for His goodness? So Paul says, hey, you know, I, I got betrayed by these people. Figelos, Hermogenes, Alexander. These are like trusted workers. I discipled them. I trained them. I worked with them. And then they turned their back on me and they speak evil of me now. Paul experienced that. And in 1 Corinthians 15, he says, I face death every day. 
And in fact, I even fought wild beasts. We don't know exactly what Paul meant. No? Bible scholars are, you know, uh, debating, is it literally wild beasts like lions, tigers? Can you imagine, Paul? But it's not far-fetched, no? Because in those days, the Roman authorities do release lions into the, you know, into the arena to, to eat Christians, right? So it's not far-fetched that they're literal uh, beasts, but of course, it could also be human. But here's the third lesson then. If God will not exempt you, what is it for? Can we read together? Life's trials, testings, and temptations are meant to humble you, teach you, and ultimately empower you to be an overcomer. So the next time you face something, say, well, God, what are you teaching me? What are you teaching me? So Paul says in 2 Corinthians 1, we don't want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experience in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we have received the sentence of death. But this happened. So why, why, Paul? Why did it happen? That we might not rely on ourselves, but on God. You see, only God knows your motivations. Only God knows it. Sometimes you say, Lord, I'm doing this for you. But God knows. You're also doing it for fame. You're doing it you know, as a leverage. You're doing it to get close to the girl that you are pursuing in church. Diva. Evangeligal. Bible steady. And then mamaya, misistry. Ayon. Yung po ang sequence talaga niyan eh. Evangeligal. And then Bible steady. And then misistry na. Okay. So, husband and wife na. And I did that too. I'm guilty of that as well. I joined the choir also for that purpose. May crush ako eh. And the first choir practice that I attended, yung crush ko announced that they were migrating to the US. <laughs> On the first day. And it was like God was saying, So, what are you gonna do now? Hey Lord, nandito na naman ako. Di dito na. I'll be in the choir. And then two choirs merged. Uy, okay yun. May crush din ako sa kabila eh. <laughs> See, God knows your motivations. God knows. And God knows also if it's getting into your head. When you become successful at something. Ah, yumayabang ka na eh. Feeling mo, ikaw na eh. Feeling mo, you should be the one. The only one. God says, you're not the one, you're not the only one. In fact, there's more before you, there will be more after you. None of us here are, you know, uh, indispensable. God can get rid of any of us at any given notice and replace us just as quickly and do great work with whomever. None of us are here for life. But by the grace of God, He allows us a season of our life to serve Him. Amen. So Paul also says, as you help us by your many prayers, many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. Here's the next reason why sometimes the Lord allows you to go through stuff. For you to appreciate the prayers of the brethren. How many of you, you have felt the prayers of others when you were going through something? Uy, salamat, salamat sa Lord sa prayers ninyo. And that's why we encourage you. Now we don't need naman to announce to the whole world what's going on. But to find certain individuals that you will feel a safe space to share your struggles so that they can pray with you so that when the victory comes, they can rejoice with you. 
as well. So that also in the end, He is empowering you to be more than conquerors. Romans chapter 8, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know how Paul can speak such confidently like that? Because he went through the fires of trials and temptations and tribulations and survived on the other side. Which brings us to lesson four. Can we read together? When life's trials, testings, and temptations overwhelm you to the point of doubt, learn to lean on God's all-sufficient grace. It will give you clarity, calmness, and courage. You see, when you lean on God's grace, God will make clear to you the things that are right now hazy. Lord, why, why, why this, why that? Ah, kaya pala. How many of you have ever said those words? Ah, kaya pala. You know? And Barbara and I, over the years, when we've gone through stuff and we ask each other, did we have to go through that? And then we both look at each other and say, yep. We would not have learned those lessons except we went through this. He will give you clarity. He will also give you calmness. Kasi panic na panic mood ka na, di ba? Oh, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? The fear, the anxiety, the worry. And then when you lean on God's all-sufficient grace, you realize, ah, nothing to worry about. And I can sleep well at night. And then the courage to wake up in the morning to face this tribulation. Say, you know what? You may be a Goliath. But I'm David in the hands of God. I'm going to beat this Goliath in front of me because God is with me. Because that's what David said. You come with me with sword and spear. I come against you, what? In the name of the Lord Almighty. And He will give your carcass. <laughs> he will give your carcass to us. He will feed you to the birds. My goodness, David. Where did he get that? from this confidence, not in his own self. Because he says, you know, I was tending my father's sheep, the lion came, I beat the lion. Then the wolf came, I beat the wolf. But then he said this, the same God who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hands of this giant. It's the same God. Amen. Let me tell you today, the same God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joshua, Moses, David, the same God who appeared to us in the person of Christ, made disciples and sent out the church into the world. The same God is our God today. Amen? Does not change. Same one. Pastor Albert, there's new challenges. Yes, but same God. There's new virus. Yes, same God. There's going to be new wars. Yes, same God. And it's all sufficient grace. Amen? So Paul says, my grace, God tells him, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. So Paul says, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. So going back to Fanny Crosby, can we have the worship team come? So at two months old, she becomes blind and for the rest of her 94 years of life, she was blind. But her faith and her family's faith was steadfast. She would go on to write 8,000 hymns. Oh my gosh. I've never even written one song. Not even one. Our son, by the way, did. Nakapublish yan sa Spotify. Yay! You know? 
Commercial, commercial. Yes. Hanapin niya sa Spotify or sa published one already. So here is a woman blind who wrote 8,000 hymns. The most famous one is what we will sing today. Because our assurance does not come from our own righteousness, our own goodness, not even the level of our faith. Sometimes my faith is strong enough. Sometimes it wavers. I mean, if you are like me, sometimes roller coaster din yung faith natin. Ano? Sometimes our, our ministry is so fruitful. Sometimes there's no fruit. So our assurance is not based on any of that. Our assurance is based only on the Lord. He is steadfast. He is steady. Whatever happens in life, you can count on the Lord. So let's all stand right now. Hallelujah. During an interview, before she died, Fanny Crosby was asked, can you, would, you, would you rather that you could see? And this was her response. If I had a choice, I would still choose to remain blind. For when I die, the first face I will ever see will be the face of my blessed Savior. Wow. Can we have that kind of confidence in the Lord, no? I mean, to be honest, if that were me, yeah, I'd rather see. Even if only one month to go, at least give me one month to see the world. Fanny Crosby, no? I'd rather see the face of my Savior first before anything. Bow your heads for a moment. Lord, to be honest, many times we go through life thinking we should be entitled to be exempted from some of the bad things of life. As if we deserve, Lord, to be exempted, but none are exempted. It could happen to anyone. The best of us, Lord, it could happen. Bad things could happen. But the grace of God remains. Lord, would you teach us, Lord, every day to trust and lean on your grace. Not to use our faith as a leverage, not to use our ministry as a leverage. But when something goes on in our life that we will just say, Lord, I don't know why, but I choose to trust in you. I choose to trust in you. I don't see the reason, I don't get the reason why right now. But I know eventually things will become clear. So would you just calm my heart right now, Lord? Remove the fear, the anxiety, the worry. And then give me the courage to get back up and face the day. Even though the same giant is still there, it's like Goliath coming out every day challenging me. It's the still the same giant, but it's also still the same God. It's still the same God. Hallelujah. Can we just sing this song? And as we sing this song, allow the Lord to just assure you today, my child, anak, I may not remove that thorn in the flesh from you. But my grace is sufficient for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Assurance Jesus is mine Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine Heir of salvation of God, born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Yes, Lord. Praise. 
some of us, we feel that burden of life. Life has not been too kind on us the past weeks or months or even the past years of the pandemic. But guess what? You survived. You're here. By the grace of God, you're here. Intact, healthy, strong, not just in your physical body, but in your mind, your spirit, your emotions. God has held you through because that is the grace of God, my friends. Surely we have lost some loved ones along the way, friends along the way. We ourselves maybe have experienced some difficult trials along the way. But God was just humbling us, teaching us, and also empowering us. My child, you are an overcomer. You are more than a conqueror. Because my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. And so with the Apostle Paul, we can say, we can even rejoice when these things happen in life. Because when we are weak, then we are made strong. So God Almighty, we, with hands lifted up, we just want to say thank you. Can you go ahead and thank God right now? In your own way, just say thank you, Lord, for carrying me through, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for sustaining me this past many years. Lord, financially, we almost 
died financially, but you rescued us from the pits of death and you brought us up, Lord. Thank you for the new job, the new career, the new business. Lord, when we got sick or our family member got sick, we thought that was the end of the world for us. But God, you rescued us again. You gave us a brand new start, a new beginning, a fresh start in life. Salamat, Panginoon. Thank you, Lord, for our church community that there are brothers and sisters that carry our burdens with us. Pray for us. Pray with us. Counsel us. Encourage us. Visit us. Lord, salamat for all of these very, very many blessings of life. Thank you for our families, Lord. Lord, so many things to thank you for. Our parents, our spouse, our children, grandchildren. Lord, ang dami, if we will just learn to count our blessings, there are so many more than the trials that we have faced. God, just teach us every day to lean on your grace. When life gets too hard, overwhelming, and we're almost ready to give up, teach us, Lord, to call upon your holy name so that we may hear those precious words, Anak, I got this. I got this. Who knows? Maybe God will eventually remove that thorn in your flesh. But whether He does or not, His grace is sufficient for us. Thank you, Lord. And in the end, Lord, not to us, O oh Lord, not to us, but to your name alone, be all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, and all God's people say, Amen. Wow, what a fantastic Sunday. God bless you. Thank you to our worship team, broad team, ushers, kids' church. Wow, God bless our habits teachers who will teach habits classes later, life group leaders. God bless everyone. Online, God bless you for joining us. Hope to see you here as well. Amen.